On today's episode, we focus on Matisse Thibel and why the Milwaukee Bucks may have laid the blueprint of how to defend the Philadelphia 76ers and force their all-NBA defensive player off the floor. Could be a problem. Maybe it's not. We'll discuss it next right here, Locked On 76ers. You are Locked On 76ers, your daily Philadelphia 76ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Love the intro music. It's beautiful. Sets us up perfectly. Keith Pompey, Devon Gibbons, welcome. You are locked on 76ers. I am Devon Gibbons from 97.5 The Fanatic Radio in Philadelphia, alongside my co-host and partner, as always, here on the Locked On 76ers podcast, Keith Pompey, Sixers beat writer for TheInquirer.com. Keith, what's going on, man? Another episode, another basketball game. Yeah, what's going on, man? What's going on? All is good. Seven games remaining on the season, on the road in Detroit tonight. We got to talk about it. We'll get into that shortly. But first, thanks for making Locked On 76ers your first listen every day. And remember, Locked On 76ers is free and available on all platforms, including right here, YouTube, at Locked On 76ers as well. Well, Keith, man, big game tonight again for the Sixers, albeit the opponent, the Detroit Pistons, second from the bottom in the Eastern Conference, already eliminated from the playoffs with a 20-56 and 56 record on this campaign. Wait, waiting to get their season over and completed. Of course, looking for a draft selection as they continue to build their team. We, I got to talk to you, man. I wanted to ask you this because we didn't really get much into it on yesterday's episode, but in the loss to the Milwaukee Bucks by two points, you only received two points from Matisse Thibel. We know how great he is defensively, all NBA level, second team. He made a season to go, and that's coming off the bench. So we'll see what he does this season as a starter for a majority of the season for the 76ers, but only two points offensively. And I also go back to the game before the All-Star break where the 76ers beat the Bucks by three, 123-120 on the road. Huge win. No James Harden. And B was phenomenal. Maxi and Harris also did their part as well. But in the game, what we realized was that while George Niang and Furkan Korkmaz played a role in the win also, the Bucks forced Matisse Thibault off the floor in that game. And in it, we saw that Giannis Ndenokounmpo uh, was playing free safety. He was his matchup defensively. And while Matisse Thibault was standing in the corner or roaming along the baseline slashing, he was really just as an all, as a defensive player of the year that Giannis has been so far in his career, that type of, that level of player, uh, he was able to just move around and do what he do, do what he does and affect the game in other areas, not focusing on Matisse Thibault. So Doc Rivers and the coaching staff made an adjustment. Furkan Korkmaz came in uh, early in the game, made some shots, and that was the way that they went. Also started Furkan coming out of the locker room at halftime as the starter over Matisse Thibault because he was just a, a, a he was a non-factor offensively. They were playing four on five, and they had to make that choice. And I think we saw it again last night. Well, two nights ago now in the Tuesday game as the Sixers hosted the Milwaukee Bucks. Is this something that we need to worry about, not only with Milwaukee, but quite possibly also in any of the other matchups for the postseason? It is something that they have to worry about. 
But I also think that a lot of what happened um, two nights ago was that if you noticed, like the ball was kind of stagnant. It was a lot of guys sitting around watching. But at the same time, I think that the 76ers and Matisse, they have to make a conscious effort of getting them involved. You know, if it's like lobs at the basket, you know, a couple other things, him running around Rome and staying active to to basically, you know, make people uh, pl- stay honest with him, right? right? Now, we all know he doesn't get a lot of shots, but it could be one of those things where you said you don't want an offense where you're playing four on five. But so I think that they got to do a conscious effort of getting a vibe. Now, again, he's not going to, like, get 18 points, 15 points, rather. But if you look at the 76ers, you know, they had a, a, a great record. Either they're undefeated or I think they lost one game with them scoring at least 10 points or more. Sure. So that has to be the key because you're right. You know, the one thing is you know, the knock on Matisse right now is if he's not bringing it on the defensive end, then he's hurting you all. He's hurting you. You got to take him out. So he has to, you know, go out there and attack. And the funny thing is, like, when he, when, when James Harden first came here and started playing, Matisse was one of the biggest beneficiaries. And then lately it just seems as if that that's been extremely inconsistent mm-hmm. to the point that sometimes he just ain't giving it at all. So right. you are right. It's a copycat league, and if they can't correct that, there are going to be a lot of teams that are going to, uh, that, that are going to like, basically – uh, double someone else or have a roamer and just leave him alone. And that's going to come back and bite the Sixers in the tail. Now, of course, we've also seen defenses go into a zone also. And then he'll certainly come out. George Niang, Furkan Korkmaz will come into the game, Danny Green as well, to try to bust up that zone and open things up for them a little bit more. So we've seen that. But uh, also when you have a game where Tyrese Maxey goes, what, 3-4-11 for seven points? In the game against Milwaukee, the other stuff is also highlighted. And we have a microscope on what Thibel didn't do as well when Maxi doesn't give his average and is able to put up a little bit more and maybe it would have been an easier game as far as the Sixers walking away with that win on Tuesday night. But I, it just it came to me uh, reading things, of course, today, yesterday, pardon me, the day after the game, and then even doing uh, a radio show and hearing people talk about how Matisse Thibault shouldn't be starting. He should be coming off the bench. He was much better a season ago when he came off the bench. Ben Simmons, of course, in the starting lineup. So it was much easier to make that decision, especially when you can't have two non-shooters in Thibault and Simmons on the floor at the same time for too many minutes. The defense together, fantastic. But sometimes the offense bogs down, and you can't do that. But I just felt like remembering what happened in February before the All-Star break where they ran him off the floor and him playing last uh, Tuesday night, pardon me, again, uh, against the Milwaukee Bucks where they he only had the two points, and that was because of a kick-ahead pass over the top by James Harden uh, where Matisse Thibault got in front of the defense. Perfect pass, pinpoint pass by James Harden. Caught it, dunk. Those were his only two points on the night, and that's just – he had two steals, one block in the game, so he's still doing his part there, but – for a team that is desperately looking for a little bit more as we talk about the bench unit not being as good as we wanted to to be or for a playoff team they or stop, stop, they all stop. that stuff. They, 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 they stopped. What? Stop it. I can't have it, bro. I can't what? have you do that. 
who the heck do they have that can, can stop anybody on the perimeter in that lineup? Oh, no, I'm not with, I'm oh, not with okay. them. Okay, okay, I'm about to I'm say, like, we're talking about the men. That's what people are saying. Yeah, like, like, they don't no, know. I mean, like, no, no, nothing against the people. Nothing yeah. against the people. I get it. But I think people are a little bit overreacting. I'm with you. In the, in the NBA, in the NBA, I just want to, you know, and I ain't, in the NBA, it ain't about who starts. It's about who finishes. But in the beginning, if you don't, if you got James Harden and you have Tyrese Maxey, Tobias Harris, and whomever else you want to throw out there, George Nian. George Nian is a turnstile, dog. It's like you might as well be going on the L and just going through the turnstile. That's how it's going to be. Like it's talking about if you thought opposing guards was giving the Sixers I agree. a couple years ago. They're going to be getting 50 against those dudes. And that might be an exaggeration. So I understand what people are saying. But the thing is, if you notice, like this has been happening for a while to a point where what Doc Rivers would do is he would start him out. And then if Danny Green was playing or even when Danny wasn't there, he would bring Danny in. Or he would do offense, defense with George Niang. Is that ideal? No, it's not. No. But – but if people want to say we're going to bring Matisse off the bench, you might as well come out and say we're going to spot the other team 15 points and try to see if we can play catch up. Because, you know, when you like if you look at the last game, if you look at the last game mm-hmm. in the fourth quarter, Tyrese Maxey was a minus 10. Yeah. Tobias Harris was a minus 10. So that's what that's telling me is the uh, Milwaukee Bucks were like, yo, we're going to pick at these two dudes. So if you take Matisse out, it's going to get ugly. So, I mean, again, out of the starting lineup, he has to right now, he has to prove to Doc Rivers enough that he can get quality minutes down the stretch. But when you look at James Harden, you look at Tyrese Maxey, Tobias Harris, if you don't have a defender out there, Joel Embiid is going to do a no mas timeout. I quit. Trade me out of here. I mean, maybe that's a stretch too. A little bit extreme, but I get what you're saying. Extreme, but you know, I see how passionate you are. Though you were coming at me thinking I was nah, agreeing with you. No, I'm just. I knew where you were going. I knew where you were going, and I'm like. Mm. Bro, don't have people saying that. Like, I get it though. I get it. Nah, nah, I'm with you, man. There's, there's no way, there's no way that you can take him out of the starting lineup. You just have to make sure you do your adjustments the prop, the proper way, and hope that he's able to get some buckets too. To your point, it's up to the point guard too to give him some live, some live opportunities. He has to make himself available as well. He can't be in the corner. He has to move, make himself available. Whether that's cutting through the lane going baseline, moving around in general, setting those screens where sometimes they set him as the, uh, the the man who's setting the screens and then he rolls because what he's going to do is ultimately finish at the basket for a lob or a layup or a dunk and, and not a shot. So I agree with you. Please don't yell at me anymore. It wasn't yeah, my idea. Keep him in the starting lineup, but we have to keep an eye on it only because I do believe that Milwaukee has set a bit, bit of a blueprint of how to play them with Thibault on the floor that the Sixers have to counter and make sure they make that adjustment. Keith, when we uh, get back on the other side, we got to talk about, seems like Joel Embiid is on a bit of an MVP campaign, and I don't blame him. 
but has he talked to the local people? We need to talk about that a little bit next, right here, locked on 76ers. Yeah, you know, I would love for him to talk more to the local people, but like you said, I mean, that's for another story. Right now, I want to talk about NBA Top Shot. NBA Top Shot is an officially licensed NFT of the NBA. Connect with a a passionate community of NBA fans across the globe and build your collection with your favorite moments of NBA history. NBA Top Shop is the future of what being an NBA fan looks like. It's part trading card, part stock market, part fantasy sports with a built-in loyalty program. NBA Top Shop has evolved trading cards and made it easier to buy, sell, and trade by removing the hassle of card um, grading, shoe boxes, and binders, right? Head over to LockedOnNBATopshop.com to start building your collections today. I'm telling you, do it today, people. But I'm going to tell you this one thing. If you sign up for Top Shot today, the best way to start is getting yourself a, a starter pack. You can pull a moment of a superstar like LeBron, KD, or star rookies like Kate Cunningham or Evan Mobley. Or Matisse hey, Thibel. That's what I'm saying. Matisse Thibel. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like Joel Embiid. There you go. Maxi. There you go. James Harden for $9. So head over to LockedOnNBATopShot.com to start building your collection today. Do it today, people. Do it today. No question, Keith. Thank you for making Locked On 76ers your first listen. Now, for your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast. For nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts, you might catch one of us on there at some point. It is free and available wherever you get your podcast. Keith, uh, Joel Embiid has been uh, making the rounds, it seems, as we get closer and closer. We've been talking about this MVP thing. That's another top story for a lot of Sixer fans. They want to know day by day where he is in the MVP race. And he has now been uh, on... Uh, two feature stories nationally, a national podcast with one of his former teammates and JJ Reddick. And um, I think he's out there kind of doing this as the Sixers are doing their part, trying to make it into the postseason and get the best possible seating. But also because all we keep hearing really when the MVP conversation comes up nationally is, well, yes, Embiid is in it, but Giannis and Jokic look at their numbers but we never hear why Joel Embiid should actually win it. So uh, what do you make of it? Do you believe that this is a strategy that he's doing it? If this is, I don't blame him. Yeah, it's 100% a strategy. He's politicking. I mean, you should be. There's, there's no other way to put it. I mean, you know, the thing is, what happened is when we went to L.A., there was a lot of media members out there, a lot, Right. And they all were like, oh, we're doing stories on the Sixers, right? And what happens is they all did secretly did pieces on Joel, right? As That's we found out. For. <laughs> um, so the, the, the thing is, and typically Joel, you know, is it, one of those things where if you look at it, they're doing stories on him, but he's not talking about he wants MVP, right? He's not like publicly politicking. But the fact that all this stuff is coming out is letting you know that the team is pushing for him to get it, right? 
Sure. They want his name to stay out there. Now, for a while, you know, it was Kevin Durant who was the front runner. Then Kevin Durant got hurt. He missed all those games. It became Joel Embiid. And now all of a sudden people are talking about um, uh, Jokic, right, what he's doing, right, in Denver. And now all of a sudden it's like, okay, Giannis had 40 against Embiid yesterday or two days ago. Yeah. So to me, like I keep saying, is a what have you done for me lately? And, you know, Embiid is going to be able to overpower a lot of these teams. And all of a sudden he's going to be the topic of discussion again. But, yeah, this is what it is, man. It's one of those things where let's get his name out there. Let's see how voters will will basically vote. You know, it's all like, you know, what I mean, the news of the day, like whoever's out there, like you, whoever you hear about at that particular time is the guy that they may think that or people are going to vote for. So, right. you know, I'm not mad at him. Um, I'm a little disappointed that when everybody else was like, hey, man, we want to holler at you. And like, oh, nah, you know, nah, nah. But yet and still, you know, they're getting these things. You know, J.J. Reddick is his boy. Yeah. Um, you know, Sam Amick is a great reporter, a good friend of mine. I like Sam. He read some stuff. Um, he did some stuff. The other guy is from SI is, is a good reporter as well. But that's basically what it is. And B's hot. And they're writing articles and they're asking him about MVP. And he doesn't want it. But the fact that he's doing these interviews lets you know how much he wants it. Because you don't see the Joker doing it, Jokic. You don't see Giannis enter the Kupo doing it. Right. So basically, Joel Embiid really wants this award more so than he's letting on. Well, look, those two players have already won it. And Embiid um, was close last season. And he, he openly talked about had he played those extra 10 games, then maybe he would have actually uh, won the award over Jokic a season ago. So uh, to, to your point, I don't blame him. I think he should be campaigning. I should. I think he should be out there doing this. And I think tonight he should drop a good 40 on Detroit, too. Hang that number on them. And people, oh, it was just Detroit. Well, so <laughs> he's supposed to do his job against the Detroit Pistons and lead his team to victory. And if that's what it takes to keep him right there in that lead, if he is, in fact, still in the lead, then that's what he absolutely needs to do. And does it asking you as a voter and not to have you reveal anything that you've done in the past, but does, does it impact your voting when they do have these types of campaigns when they're willing to talk? Nah, uh-uh. not at all. Not at all. Because you, you know what it is, you know, I mean, like, dude, it's funny. You don't know how much like emails and, and stuff I received in the mail sure. already. Like from people like, hey, vote for, uh, you know, Joker or do this or do that. Even like rookie, rookie of the years. I mean, right. I mean, dude, I, I, it's, it's crazy. So nah, none of that, none of that does it. But, you know, to be honest with you, I haven't seen, this is the first time that I've seen somebody like politic like this now in a while, like that I know of. Maybe, maybe it's standing out to me more because of, you know, Joel is, is a sixer. And you and see him every day. Yeah, see him every day. But um, you know, it it's um, no, nah, it it doesn't it, it it doesn't it doesn't uh, you know, factor into my what I'm gonna do and how I'm gonna vote. No, not at all. Yeah, it's about the play on the floor, and he's been tremendous all season, and mm -hmm. so have the other candidates with Jokic 
Giannis or Ja Morant, Devin Booker, Luka Doncic, all of these names, all deserving of being in the conversation. And if, and you know, people have been getting tired of it, but I know locally it's been a topic of discussion, as you know, so we're just sharing with a lot of people who may be new to our podcast and new of what's going on with the 76ers. Sixers fans really want it. And Sixers fans feel like they play a part in it. And Embiid makes them feel like they played a part in it as well. So uh, this will continue to be a story. It's going to be a big story. It's going to be one that's going down to the wire. Final game of the season, the 10th of, of April for the Sixers. And we'll see what it does. But I hope he does talk to you too, Keith, and give you something to, to write about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, look, if it's all about, like, because that's the thing. If it's just about, like, hey, I want to be MVP or, you know, this and that. Like, I mean, we talk, I talked to him several times about it. He says, hey, it's up to y'all. It's up to y'all. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, you know, I, I honestly, I would rather do a human interest story than writing about, you know, I mean, I could write an article saying why he deserves it, but asking him, because, see, to me, when you do that, it's like a catch-22. If you tell people how great you are, it's like, of course you're supposed to say it. But then typically they're going to downplay it, and it's like, man, he's downplaying it. Like, come on, dude, we know you want it. You know what I mean? So those are good stories, but I'm more into, like, the human interest things. You know what I'm saying? Well, hang the 40 on Detroit tonight, dominant over the weekend with the back-to-back games against Charlotte and Cleveland. And that will certainly help out his case even further as we get to the end of the regular season. Keith, uh, we have to talk about the change in the standings last night. A lot of play, a lot of teams played that directly affect the Philadelphia 76ers, including the Miami Heat and the Boston Celtics. So we'll get to that next in our final segment right here on Locked On 76ers. Yeah, you know what? There has been a lot of... Um changes in the standings and guess what people can do what's that can, they can bet on it after <laughs> months of playing college basketball and the mvp maybe and the, the MVP, mvp right you know what i mean yeah. you can, y'all, y'all can come out there and y'all can bet on all that stuff right so but also here we go we talk about college basketball it's one big weekend a big huge weekend y'all so after months of playing college basketball has determined the top teams for the final four and will determine determine this year's national champion this coming week. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, you name it, BetOnline remains the number one best spot for all your latest sports developments, including podcasts and reviews for all the leagues this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device and learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the games start. I'm telling y'all, do it today, people. Do it today. Do it today. Do it today. Get it done. Do it before the game starts. Tonight. Get her done. Get her done. Get her done. Sixers and the Pistons tonight. Make sure you go and do your bet online wages there, right there for the Sixers and the Pistons. All right, Keith. Uh, the, a lot of things have changed. Well, not really, but some games took place. It was a big, big slate last night in the National Basketball Association. 
Miami and Boston in Boston. That was a good game, man. Uh, Eight-point victory on the road for the Miami Heat. Seems like that Robert Williams injury with the meniscus being out now for an extended period of time. It's gonna it's gonna bother the obviously bother their defense. He's their anchor of their defense, and uh, they're gonna miss him big time in the middle with what he brought to the team. So they lose. The Sixers are now third in the Eastern Conference standings. Identical record. Uh, pardon me, 46 and 29 are the Sixers before tonight's game. After the game last night for Boston, they're 47 and 30. So with six or seven games to go. They are in third place right now. Miami is a full game up on the Milwaukee Bucks, who are second idle last night, like the Sixers. Two games back are the Sixers and the Celtics, and they both have a two-and-a-half game lead over the Chicago Bulls and the Toronto Raptors, who have now tied the Chicago Bulls uh, for the fifth spot in the Eastern Conference standings. Cleveland also played Atlanta, Charlotte. They played as well. Well, things are, again, starting to maneuver, move around a little bit as these games are being played, Keith, so they have to do their part and win their game tonight against the Detroit Pistons. Yeah, they do. They do. They have to, uh, you know, win Detroit. Now, here's the one thing I will say about the 76ers, you know, before we talk about the, uh, you know, the getting to the Pistons a little bit. You know, the Sixers, they have the easiest strength of schedule, right? Like, yeah. getting into Wednesday's games, the seven teams that they play have a combined winning percentage of 40.4, right? That's it. 40.4. So, you know, the Sixers should be, um, you know, every everything should work out for them. Um, now, the thing is, when we talk about the Detroit Pistons, and if you're the Sixers, you're going to say to yourself, like, dude, I'm not scared of the Detroit Pistons. Like, we played them twice. We know what they got. K. Cunningham, last time we saw him, he didn't, well, last time we saw him here, he didn't exactly look good at all, no. right? No. He didn't. Well, let me tell you, I don't know what happened to him, but the brother has been balling since then. And that could be somebody. I mean, think about it. His last game, he had a career high tying 34 points. He made five of 11 threes. Before he was shooting the air balls, he was doing all types of stuff, right? He's averaging right now 17.4 points. Uh, 5.7 rebounds, 5.6 assists, one point and, and 1.2 steals. And then Villanova's, Sadiq Bay. This brother had a 50-burger uh, um, a couple weeks ago, or a couple games ago, right? Yeah, 51, so, I think it was. Yeah, yeah, 51. So, you know, he's averaging 16.3 points, 5.6 rebounds, right? Then you have uh, Melvin Bagley the third who's finally playing a living up to, you know, what everybody thought he was going to be. Marvin. Then, huh? Marvin. Marvin. Oh, Marvin. Yeah. what I call him? Melvin. Yeah. Melvin is cool too. That's how he played yeah. in Sacramento. Melvin. Yeah. He felt like Melvin <laughs> or Mervin. He smelled like Mervin <laughs> in fact. Right. So, so what I'm saying is you look at this team and then Isaiah Stewart, look, bro. That's you, a big boy. You don't want that smoke. You don't want that smoke, but but That's all. We're like, not looking for fights. We're looking for wins. Yeah, we're looking for wins. But the thing is, you know, when you look at them, they did lose three in a row after they beat the Hawks. They lost yeah. to the Wizards. Uh -huh. They lost to the Knicks. And then they lost to the Nets, right? So, you know what I mean? It, it, they're struggling. But at the same time, you got to go in there with that mindset. 
like you're playing the bad boy Pistons. You know what I mean? You just have to go out there and you got to try to hit them with a sledgehammer, so to speak, because they're young guns. And if yeah. you let them stick around, they're going to try to upset you. Just like that happened last year. Sixers went there last year. Yeah. You know what I mean? They let them stick around. And then next thing you know, they walked out of the building, Little Caesars, with their heads hung. Mm-hmm. Well, look, man, uh, Boston is off tonight after their game last night. So is Miami. But Milwaukee is in action. They're taking on the Brooklyn Nets in Brooklyn. Uh, that's happening tonight. And you also have the Cleveland Cavaliers. They lost to Dallas last night. So the second night of a back-to-back for them against the Atlanta Hawks, who also played last night and blew out the Oklahoma City Thunder. Chicago also in play. So as we talk about this, once again, uh, there could be some change in the standings this evening based on what happens with Milwaukee and Brooklyn, Cleveland and Atlanta, and certainly with Chicago as well, taking on the Los Angeles Clippers. So it's just important for the Sixers to do their job. They need to come out and execute. We saw the issues that they had late in the game against the Milwaukee Bucks. Execution is key tonight against this team. To your point, sledgehammer, come in, put the hammer down on them and get the job done, get it over with quick and early and have Friday off and get ready for Saturday against the Charlotte Hornets who come to town still. Uh, to your point, Keith, fighting for their playoff positioning as well as they are right there in the mix of things, only a half a game behind the Brooklyn Nets going into tonight's game. So a uh, big one, big one in terms of the Sixers need to handle their own business. It's not, it's not the Milwaukee Bucks. They're not the Boston Celtics. They're the Detroit Pistons. They are bad. Now, while they're playing better, destroy them and do your job. Yeah, they better hit them with a couple haymakers. That's it. Bottom line. Hit them with an uppercut, stiff jab, boom. <laughs> All right, man. Well, look, uh, enjoy the game tonight. I'll certainly be doing the same here in, in Philadelphia. And uh, we'll regroup tomorrow, recapping the game and setting up everything for the weekend as they have a big weekend back-to-back against two playoff teams in the Eastern Conference with Charlotte and Cleveland. Back-to-back nights, well, Saturday is an early game, Sunday night against Cleveland in Cleveland. But, Keith, thanks so much as always, man. Thanks for making Locked On 76ers, folks, your first listen and every day, of course. And we'll get into, as we talked about, recapping things with the Detroit Pistons from tonight. And looking ahead to the weekend, the back-to-back games against Charlotte and Cleveland. Now, as you made this your first listen, make your second listen, Locked On NBA. We're locked on experts covering the biggest stories around the NBA every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. Keith, have a good one, man. We'll catch up tomorrow. All right, bro. We'll talk tomorrow after an expected Sixers win. 40. Hanging 40 and beat is tonight. Yeah, he'll get 40. He'll get All right. it. Cool. All, All right, right, man. I'll talk to you. All right. Peace, man.